Hello and welcome to the Dynamo Faithful, your spot for everything Dynamo. I'm the Sinsky Man and with me tonight are Manny. I'm sad it's over, but I'm happy to be here. Jake. Good to see you. And Scroggins. That was the wildest of rides. We are reviewing the Western Conference Final, talking the playoffs, and discussing the future of the team. It was a tough, bitter defeat, but we're also proud of this club. Like Gandalf says, I will not say do not weep, for not all tears are in evil. Scroggins, I'm going to go with you. It was a 2-0 loss. How do you feel overall? About the, about the game or about the season? What do we want to you know, do here? Maybe, uh, maybe a little of both. Okay, I'll start with the game. I, I, think, I think that LAFC basically sat back, was disciplined, didn't let us pull them out of their defensive shape, didn't let us counter, and just dared us to break them down, and we, we just couldn't do it. They clearly identified what our weakness was, and that's finishing in the final third. And, I mean, it was a great game plan to, to beat us, you know, at the end of the day. They just knew exactly what we weren't good at, and they exploited that, right? And I can't fault them for it. They, they just had better quality than we did, and, and we are just a step behind them. They learned the lessons from the previous two matches where we had outscored them 5 nothing, and didn't didn't let us play our game and and took our game away from us and that's i mean so so fair you know fair play to them got to give a lot of credit to Trundolo who showed them the true meaning of anti football and you know it was basically like i am jose marino and and like just bunkered and and then hit us on the counter i think it was like carlos vela had like seven offsides calls right it was something stupid like that like which to listen to the MLS commentators means that he's the smartest man on the planet. <laughs> right? Yeah. They were, yeah, yeah. They were Clearly, so bad. he's adjusted I, his game. He's been offside so many times tonight. They were so I, bad. I think, what, I think what they were trying to say is that LAFC had, had a good game plan against us, but Colin Faley, you could tell, had just never been the run into space guy because he couldn't time anything, which thankful for that because they called off like seven goals or something like that. It was ridiculous. But but yeah, so the the game was was kind of like a wet blanket. It wasn't the end to a season. I, I was hoping for some kind of if we're gonna go down, let's go down swinging. But it's kind of a you know kind of a letdown of, of a final game. But that's okay. Like we had a fantastic season. I remember going into the season thinking, okay, Ben Olsen's the coach. I'm not enthused about that. I'm not excited. Hector was coming off of a very very bland first half season with us, you know, <clears throat> we're all thinking, man, I sure hope Sebas can maintain his 13 goal scoring rate from last season. Who? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and like, we're, we're not really excited. We're like, Oh, you know, Frankie, Yvonne Franco came in to be Sebas's best friend and, and their, their partnership's going to propel us forward. And, and, and I remember, I think in our pre preseason predictions, I, I think I said like 10, or ninth, I, I might have said that we squeaked into the playoffs, but I don't. I don't think I was that optimistic. But here we are. Like we we played for the Western Conference Final. We got the fourth major trophy in the history of our club. The 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 culture within the team has never looked better since maybe the the early Kinnearly years. And and I can't really can't really complain, man. I, I I'm really happy. Obviously, there's LAFC helped us see really clearly where our weaknesses are and where the team needs to improve. But, but I'm happy with what we did this year. And I expect stepping up and propelling ourselves forward into next. 
I think that was beautiful, Scroggins. Manny, Scroggins talked about like not expecting to get to playoffs. Did it feel like at that point we were playing with house money and everything was cherry on top? Or how do you feel about this loss? Yes and no. Yes, because if we look back at our predictions, I, I don't know if any of us honestly had the team in the playoffs. And if we did, I don't think we had them going past first round, right? So in, in that sense, yeah, like once we made playoffs and that we were the fourth seed, like it was all just cherry on top from there, honestly, right? But it's kind of like the League's Cup earlier this year. I, I'm I'm still against the League's Cup, but once it starts to get next season, I'll totally be bought into the League's Cup, right? So <laughs> once you start playing and once you're like winning those games, it's hard not to get caught up in that, right? You're You're like, hey, my team's doing it. Like there's no reason they can't continue to do this. So yeah, I... I wanted the win, like, right? Like I, I, I was bought in. I was like, Hey, we beat LAFC twice this year. We beat them yeah. on the road already once this year. Right. And so I was like, why can't we do this? Why can't, there was no reason for us not to win. This game felt like a game at the beginning of the season for us again, yeah. though, where we had all this possession around the box of, of the opponent and still couldn't do anything with it. I don't think we had the, the ball around their box so much in this one, but we couldn't get in. But we were definitely yeah, around. But it. we had the ball. We had the ball a lot, and we could knock it from side to side over and over again. But we could not get it close to that net. We had, I think we had a total of what was it, ten shots with five on target. But all five of those shots on target were very. No, I don't want to call them dismal, but they were weak. Yeah, there you go. They were, you know, they were not showstoppers when it comes to the to the keeper. Crapo having to do anything with him. He was just, you know, like yeah. this is an everyday routine stop for me. I can do this in my sleep kind of thing. And so in that sense that we showed up to this game and really with no bite, that was disappointing, right? That was the disappointing part. Looking at the season from, you know, that part back, like what a great experience this season has been. Like yeah. so, so good. I, 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 if anyone said at the beginning of this season and really meant that we were going to make playoffs and win silverware this season, you're a liar. I'm just, like, uh, yeah. I don't think anybody like in, and maybe in your fan heart, you could say that and be like, yeah, I meant it. But like on paper, like you, you didn't mean it. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're like, that was like, this is not what you expected. And in that sense, like I'm super pumped and uh, I'm so pumped that I bought season tickets for next year. So like I, I bought in, I'm, I'm, hey. I'm very bought in. So there you go. Rich. Yeah. Oh, and he may buy one for every not where I was going with that but thanks Jake, thanks Jake Jake I want to move to you why don't you get in here share your thoughts kind of like agree disagree with these guys what do you think I mean it's tough to to have another take here I mean we could go off the rails and be wildly positive or wildly negative but I think we've we've all had pretty pretty warm takes pretty normal temperature takes because they're because they're the right ones it was a disappointing game to end a very appointing season. If it's disappointing, wouldn't the opposite be appointing? This season, I feel very appointed yeah. with this season. That's all <laughs> I can say. It's it's interesting. I think we've both, perhaps all of us, if you include myself from the Dynabros Reacts, mentioned that this felt like an early season game where we didn't have a lot of bite. It's interesting because the earliest season game this year was incredibly similar. A game where we looked actually very, very good. We had most of the possession on the road, but we couldn't 
we couldn't really uh, get at their goal. We couldn't really make any super dangerous chances. That was a game that we played on the road to the eventual Supporters Shield winner, Cincinnati, uh, where we had 62% of the possession, uh, and we lost 2-1. to one. A, a lot of people were upset after that game, but I bring that up because I want to say, look, we that went that that game actually looks very very good now right our result in that game looks fairly impressive and actually seems like it was foretelling the team moving forward was the game good the game wasn't great i think that and this might be the take where where it's not not room temperature and it might be wrong i think we were the better soccer team last night i think we were the only team on the field that wanted to play soccer I think LAFC had a great game plan, but that that game plan, as Scroggins said, was anti-football. And be like Hollingshead and and brag about how, yeah, the other team likes to play soccer. So we just let them play soccer. Yeah, that's great. You won. You won the game. You have very clinical finishers. But if we're being entirely honest, did did they dominate anything in this game? Absolutely not. They they had two slop goals, right? We fell asleep horribly on one goal, and then it was an own goal, right? Neither team, I think, really separated themselves out from the other. I, I don't think that we can leave LAFC saying we looked noticeably worse than the defending champions. Man, I was really about to disagree with you. And then, like, as as you continued saying like the slop goals and how we fell asleep and the own goal. What what sport did they play? Yeah. It wasn't soccer. Yeah, every time they looked dangerous, they they screwed the pooch just as much as we did on our chances. Like none of their goals or, were good goals. Yeah. Right? Like we lost the game, but I can't really say that they won it. I do think the uh, first goal, that's our fault. Like they didn't earn that, but and just as much as they didn't earn it, we definitely handed that over to them. Sure, we had, like I said, we lost the game. They should, didn't win yeah. the game. I'm not. I'm not here for that. Like that. That's. I'm sorry, Jake. That's a. That's a crap take. That's that's not good. Like boy. Well, I, I'm just gonna say it, like, huh? playing playing counter attacking football to to bunker and counter is a legitimate at talk. home at home against a team that you're gonna say you're better than. Hop off. Up no, off of that. just just no look. I don't want to buy. I don't want to play this little like the only right way to play soccer is to play this ticky tackus kind of stuff. Tell tell that you know who you should tell it to Leicester City because they counterattacked every Premier League team into the dirt. Yeah, yeah but beautiful. they did that because they were the worst funded team. LAFC is going to brag about playing counterattacking football against Houston Dynamo with one designated player because okay, they knew great. that our, because they knew our midfield LAFC, was better. LAFC, you guys are so great at not soccer. It's amazing. That no, it, all I'm saying is that's a legitimate tactic because they knew they needed to take sure, it's our a legitimately cowardly tactic. Here, that's, Mandy, I want to go to you. But here's home. the thing: was it a successful tactic. Did the counterattacking work, or did we prevent did them from being dangerous the on the counter? Well, that's the thing. So I, I don't disagree with you, Scroggins. Like I think you know, good. Ta- your You're your smart. tactics be your tactics be your tactics. Hold on, let me let me finish. Your tactics be your tactics, right? Like your your manager is going to pick what they're going to do, and you're going to pick maybe based on the team you're about to play. Maybe not. Maybe you're going to stick to your guns and play the way you're going to play all the time. It is a legitimate tactic. I don't think that they necessarily like they had 18 shots. They had six on target. Okay, so in their small time that they had the ball, they. They made their shots, right? Like we had the ball way more, only had 10 shots, but they 
didn't really score like Jake's to Jake's point as far as like on those on those attempts, right? They had one corner that they scored on, which and, and uh, we still lost the game. Like that's that's what matter, matters. Right? We we lost. I don't think the game. we deserved to win. I think they, we deserved to lose. Their, their their corner that they scored on, everyone fell asleep. That back line fell asleep, and Steve Clark fell asleep because he blocked it, and then he didn't fall on the ball. You smother that. That's like goalkeeping one one. You block and you smother. You block and you smother. Like and he didn't do that. Like he stayed up yeah. on his knees. He didn't smother. The second goal, you could say. I I'll honestly say the second goal, even though it was an own goal, might be a, the better goal because it was pressure. They were at that point. They were putting more pressure on us, and like Escobar had to do something because he thought someone was going to be behind him, which is understandable. And he put the ball in his own net. Like that, those pressure tactics, those calls on goals, like that's a normal thing. Like that happens. When I don't you're, think when you're that second like goal that. happens if the first goal doesn't happen because we were panicked after that first goal and we unraveled a little bit. And I don't think we ever came back from that. We played very panicky football after the first goal. And I think if we don't give up that really sloppy set piece corner goal, then Escobar doesn't lose his mind in that situation. Griff makes a better decision defending. The center backs make a better, better decision in coming over. We which, is, which is fine, which is fine. But when you when you have given up the goal and you have to go catch one back, you are under more pressure. And when they're it's pushing true. up the field like that, you're you're just under that kind of pressure. That's what's gonna happen. And so I honestly think I think the second goal might have been a, a better a better goal for them, honestly, even though it was an own goal as far as like the pressure that they put on us to get to it rather than and, the first one. And hey, look, it's it's also one thing to be like, yeah, we're going to play our not soccer, right? That's the definition of what anti-soccer means. We're not going to play soccer. We're going to let you play the soccer and we're just going to defend. And And if you do that, on your own and you succeed, okay, cool, right? But if you do that because the refs refuse to give you a yellow card, like outright, just at, out of the question, you're not going to get a yellow card from this referee, then that makes that game a little bit easy for you, easier for you to not play soccer and still win the game. I think yeah, that's that true. Ref, that ref pissed me off. He, he said at least three times, you could see his mouth at least three times, to LA, no more, on three different occasions, not like at one time. No more. Another foul happened. No more. Another foul happened. No more. No yellows with any of that. Just, hey, guys, just stop. Okay, just stop. Look, I thought Hector Herrera was going to rip his head off. Like, I thought yeah. this is it. This is the choke slam. He's he's had it in his back pocket since that Weston McKinney incident, and he's ready to bring it out, and it's going to be the referee. Okay, like, listeners, if you have your bingo cards out, you can mark off. We complain about pro referees. Like, that's, that's done. That's basically the... Check. Three square in the middle. But Our local commentator said the same thing, though, that uh, if you listen to Glenn Davis... Hey, we're in good the, company. Uh, ...during it, they were saying the same thing. This ref has to, has to be... He has to give out fouls and yellow cards when he says he is, or else it's empty threat. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they had almost double the number of, of fouls that we did. But and yet we had, double, I, we had two yellows and they had none. Yeah, which is infinite. We had double zero. Uh, double zero. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think you guys are just like revisionist in your in your minds. I, I don't think you remember the, like the opening 10, 15 minutes of this game. I also wonder like did any, we if almost any scored y'all watched, in two minutes, three minutes? Uh, they almost scored in three minutes. We um, almost scored at seven minutes. Yeah, seven minutes for us. Yeah, yeah that was you're bad. Right, you're right. Yeah, I, I think also like did did any of y'all watch LAFC play Seattle because they played the the exact same way against Seattle? Did they have the refs on their team in that game? 
LAFC yeah. always has the refs on their team. Okay, well, then I'm never going to be impressed with them not playing soccer and still winning right. games. That's. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it's soccer. It's legitimate, and they outplayed us. That I mean, it wasn't an anti-soccer. I think we they... deserve to lose. We deserve to lose. Okay, we played better. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do agree. think if there's a silver lining here, it's that we we definitely know, and we've probably known this all all year long, is that we need a legitimate goal threat. Absolutely. That's what we were missing. We were missing a goal threat, somebody with good movement, somebody with shooting boots week in, week out, who when they're on the ball, the other team gets nervous that we're going to score. And we we don't really have that yet. We have this incredible goals by committee mentality where everybody steps up. We don't know where the yeah. goals are going to come from, but we know there's a goal's going to happen almost always. This game, obviously not. But someone's going to score is what it felt like most of the season. But yeah, I didn't really game, feel that tonight. It didn't feel like, yeah, it didn't feel like we were going to score. I never felt like we were going to get into that box. We were taking so many shots from outside the box. I think we had seven shots from long range. We we had got that number down to like two or three a game. And then we're firing out seven times from outside the box. We could not get in there. And yeah. part of the reason is because they were allowed to foul baby face. They were allowed to like do some things that maybe other refs might not have allowed. And then Griffin Dorsey was having a hard time penetrating and we couldn't get out into the box. We just couldn't get anything off. Yeah, because was, they were they were all very po- positionally disciplined. The, yeah. the fullbacks yeah. refused to come yeah. forward. And yeah. we were trying to pull them and draw them forward because Griff does his best work, not when he's on the ball trying to beat a man, but when he's running into open running space. Running into space. And, and they absolutely took that away from us. Yeah. And and Nelson's just not at the level yet to consistently beat some of the top yeah. level MLS fullbacks. And they yeah. they just game planned for us perfectly. And we, we, we did more penetration. Olanga, Go ahead. And we contained Vela. On those counterattacks, they were either offside or we had some last ditch tackles by Dorsey, by Mikael, by everybody. It was like we we they were, they were just not as dangerous as we were. We did just a good job defending. We just defended differently, except on the corner and then on the own. Those goal. guys got. We did just as good job defensively, except for when we gave them goals. Those except for <laughs> those two goals. times accepted. Well, one time those guys we gave had ourselves ten shots together. Like it wasn't like they didn't score, but we didn't like silence them completely. Like they had a decent number of shots together. Like it wasn't, and and yeah. honestly, like we got lucky that they didn't score. On at least one of those, because the smoke Definitely was still outside. there. He probably just couldn't fine. see. I really do think that was the smoke. I also think that's the reason why Holland's head didn't get an early yellow because he takes Kinonis out pretty early too. And I just don't think the ref saw it. It looked like a big foul to me anyway. I, I don't think the ref wanted to give out a yellow card early. But I think you're right. Or ever. And with <laughs> that, we're gonna go ahead and move on to Ben's bestie, Scroggins. Who is your Ben's bestie of this week? Yes, you have to pick somebody. Yeah, it's kind of hard to pick a Ben's bestie because I feel like everybody was pretty mediocre. This is like, I feel like I'm trying to decide what my favorite flavor of vanilla ice cream is. You know what I mean? Like it's just bluebell. Um, eggshell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this, this is why you guys should have gone first and not me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I guess, I guess I got to go with, with Sviachinko. Like, I, I don't think he played a bad game. He's probably the one player that, I can't really say put a foot wrong. 
you know, Artur was uncharacteristic in his game. He had more loose touches than usual. HH, you know, Ache Ache didn't stand out to me. And I would give it to Mikael. A hundred passes. Yeah, I mean, there's not even there. I, I, I would go with Mikael, but he didn't finish the game. So I guess I'll just, I'll just go with Sviachinko. I think he had a solid game, and he, he led that back line well, and and ran the off, you know, offside trap well. So, yeah, I'll go with, I'll, I'll go Sviachinko. Jake, you're zooming in on me, like you're, you're taking up a large portion of our group here in the camera. So I'm gonna go to you next. It's like. It's like the camera loves you. Producer Ian, put a gif of me zooming in into the podcast. I don't yeah, know if zooming in is the right word. It's, it's definitely Hector Herrera for me. Was it his best game? No. But I think he still was key to everything that we did well. And he does create our, our best chance in the seventh minute that Baird. I can't decide if Baird doesn't do well enough or if the keeper just does really well or if it's just that's as good good as we can really expect from Corey Baird, which isn't even a knock. It wasn't a horrible effort from him. It's just that we need someone in that position that when he gets the ball there, finds a way to get it past the keeper, right? Has the presence of mind to see the keeper coming out and so pulls it into himself and, you know, jukes around or something. But yeah, Hector Herrera for the game and for the season. I like that you added for the season there, Jake. That's good. I'm going to move on. Manny, who is your Ben's bestie of the week? Yeah, so I don't know who it was, but it's either going to be Logan Brown or Marker Michael Barwigan. And both of these guys were the sideline refs for this game. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that they called an offsides on that Steve Clark foul right before he got the foul of Vela oh my God. was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And even though we still lost the game, that, that is Ben's bestie. Whoever it was, which one, one of those sideline refs that called it, they're Ben's bestie because we would have lost by even more points or more goals if he had it. Absolutely fantastic refing work off the sideline right there. Uh, with the smoke still going, I think, too. Like, how could he even see? Who knows? But fantastic for those guys. That's Ben's bestie. I'm going to go similar lines. I'm going to give it to our man, Steve Clark, who was willing to lay it all out on the line and just, like, risk his whole body to, to end an attack and maybe a player's life. I'm I'm proud of him for that. And then he did have that semi-double save. So I love Steve Clark. I think he had a great season. You know, he's getting up there in years, but proud of him. think he really wanted this game, and I don't blame him for the goals. So Steve Clark, Ben's well, you best. You blame him for one. You don't. Yeah, have I, I don't. I don't blame him for it. There's a lot of blame I, for that first one. I think catch the defenders. Catch the ball. Two people who totally miss a man. and. Steve Clark he runs fast, I think, more than two people. It was bad. Had just Steve Clark catch the ball. Yeah. More than also, Ache Ache. Something. Also, Ache Ache was the one marking Chiellini on, uh, and Chiellini had that initial header, and Ache Ache fell to the ground. And then uh, our entire defense ball watches, right? Yeah. No every- one's running towards the keeper to shield. No one's doing anything, and they're all just like, oh, there's a ball right there. It's that one moment where LAFC was playing more soccer than us the whole game. I I remember we, I think we argued about this for like 30 minutes in the chat. I was going back and forth, Emmett and Zach. And, and I think I'm pretty sure that I rewatched that play like a dozen times because I desperately wanted to be right (laughs) because they were saying it was Griff's fault. I was saying it's Barrett's fault. It was both of their fault. Like, are you talking about the, the own goal, the, or are you talking about, are you talking about the second goal now? You're talking about the second. No, no, goal no, no, no. We're talking about the the, the second goal. Was the first goal. 
Yeah, this is the first goal. The second goal is clearly not Griff's fault. It's clear. That's clear as day. It's on his side of the field, but it's not his fault. But yeah, he was supposed to be zonal marking, and then Baird was supposed to be man marking Hollings' head, and both of them fell asleep. And he had Sviachiko and Mikhail also right there on that back line for that first goal. It was just anyway. Yeah, we we just got out hustled on that, and that was really sad to see. Bystander. Yeah, I mean, someone else would do something. Yeah, if you want, if if you want, I can I can argue and pick fights with you about how Griffin Dorsey is not at fault for the second goal. But we can. This isn't the time for Ben's bestie for you to try and prove yourself right. When I don't think Griff's been at fault (laughs) for anything ever. Life. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you should hang out with that boy Griff more, Sensky. I feel like he might have a good influence on you. I would love it. I think I'm a a Gryffindor kind of guy. I feel like that that meme from you know, it's like I have never done anything wrong in my whole (laughs) life. I know. I feel like that's me and Griff. (laughs) I know this, and I love you. Yeah, that's that's me and Griff right now. (laughs) All right. You know, the season may be over, but playoffs are still going and there's still news to be had. In fact, for some people, this is their favorite part of the season is the offseason. This is where things kind of get juicy, kind of get like what's going to happen next. We'll have to wait and see. But some playoff adjacent, more dynamo centric, maybe also adjacent. The Dash had a key member of staff step away, Sarah Loudon is not going to be an assistant coach with the Dash anymore. There's already some fan backlash online. Christopher Sunflower has called them out and says they better bring in somebody really good to replace her. Scroggins, how do you feel about this? I think, I mean, I also think we need to like lay our cards on the table as a podcast. We are all Bearcat alumni, Sam Houston State alumni, where where Sarah Loudon was was an assistant coach for the girls' soccer team. A soccer team that that we all supported. We would go to the games. We actually attended those games and stuff. Bearcat Battalion. Bearcat Bandits. Bandits. My bad. I can't remember the names. But yeah. So like I I I feel like we need to say that because she has a special place in our heart. She does. And and just just knowing that she was a part of our university and that college experience that was so much fun. And then also she steps into this role with the Houston Dash. Like it, this is double painful for me. I mean, I thought that she'd stepped, she'd stepped up to the plate before and steadied the ship after we lost a manager. And this is just a shame. It's just a shame that our organization cannot hang on to somebody like her and in admittedly biased, right? She's a bear cat, you know? So I'm really saddened by this. And it just makes me think that the, the dash are just in shambles. Yeah. That organization seems to have a, a lot of issues going on right now. I hope they get it all sorted, figure it out. Yeah, the organization's got a lot going on. I hope they get it all sorted, figure it all out, and can move forward and be a product that Houston fans deserve. Manny, why don't you tell us about the MLS Cup Final? When and where can the Dynamo Faithful watch? Yeah, so December 9th, that is this weekend at 3 p.m., and it'll be in Ohio. It was going to be in Ohio no matter what happened. So Columbus won out. So we got Columbus versus LAFC. That's what's happening there. And guys, I don't know if since he was going to ask you, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you, I want to know your predictions. Who's going to win it? Jake? Two zip Columbus. Two zip Columbus. Because they play soccer in Columbus. There you go. Scroggins? I'm going to say 2-1 Columbus in extra time. Christian Ramirez with the goal winner. 
I would love oh, that. Oh, poetic. Sinski? All right, here's what's going to happen. LAFC is going to feel like they can dominate this game and they're going to they're going to have the ball the whole time just about. But Columbus Crew ain't having it. They're going to they're going to bunker down, they're going to defend and I haven't watched the Crew all season now. Okay? So just listen <laughs> to me as I tell you what's going to happen. They're going to defend really well and then they're going to pull off a corner. And on that corner, the keeper's going to going to make the initial save, which is great, but he's not going to fall on the ball. And then Vela and Belanga are both going to let a fullback just get in right behind them and, and put an easy ball in the net. And that's going to make it 1-0. And then they're going to panic. They're going to play panic ball the rest of the game, and they're going to give up an own goal. You know who's going to score that own goal? Probably Belanga. So that's what's going to happen. A 2-0 defeat for LAFC. Columbus Crew gets the MLS Cup for the second time in, I think, what, two, three years? Pretty incredible stuff for them. Great job. Darlington Nagby, you really are a darling, and you deserve all that's come to you. That's what's going to happen, Manny. Wow. That was going to be pretty wild for Columbus to totally change their play style for this game that they're playing at home against the team that's demonstrated that they don't like to play with the ball at their feet. That's, I mean, Nancy is a genius, so maybe that's what they'll do, but (laughs) it's just going to be wild scenes in I love I love that their forward is going to be the one that scores the own goal like that's the that's my favorite part of that story is you know that was a fun fanfic man manager is French manager's French and just like French cinema you never know what's going to happen okay it's going to go it sets you up for one thing the entire time and at the end it's completely off the wall you have no idea I have never wanted to read a movie in my life it's called well, the turn. <laughs> it's the most interesting part of the magic trick. And that's what's going to happen. So thank you. Thank you. What about you, Manny? What's your prediction? Can't be better than mine. Yeah, mine's straight grudge, right? Like LAFC is not going to win this. <laughs> and, and that is based solely off the fact that I do not want them to win this, right? They, they just beat us. I have no desire for them to win, the, win it again. They just won the league last year. Yeah, uh, and I wanted, I wanted. I know you all talked about this last week, and I wasn't on. I wanted us versus Columbus because that was like old school, and I liked that. I wanted that like old school, like MLS rivalry game thing happening. The fact that we had Pat as RGM, and they used to have Pat, like that whole yeah. connection. I wanted all that to happen. So I'm, you know, I'm going to give it to Columbus. I'm going to go a hard fought two one. I, I don't see them holding them off completely, but two one win. Scroggin said in extra time, I'm going to go real time, just the ninety. 2-1, taking it. I would love like a late game winner for Columbus. That would be pretty dope. I really, I just really want Ramirez to score. One, because former Dynamo guy, I don't think he got a fair shake here. Two, yeah. he's he's from LA. He played for LAFC at one point in his career. And, and I just think it's poetry for him to score the goal that puts him under, you know, against his hometown team. I really want him to score one. Yeah, that would be beautiful. That would be wonderful for him. And he's somebody that I wouldn't mind seeing come to the dynamo one day i don't think he's got any plans on leaving columbus but that'd be pretty cool anyway you know new roster updates dynamo have dropped who they're letting go who they might be extending and by the time this pod is in your ears and you're listening you'll have had time to have digested all this but for us it's fresh it happened today jake who do we know for sure is staying in we know for sure the following players are still going to be with us. And and to be clear, these are only the players that there is a question about. 
right? right. There, there were several players on our team, like Aliyu. He was already on a long contract. He wasn't up for an option, right? But we know for a fact that Caicedo has had his option exercise. It's wonderful to see. Tater Tot of first goal Tate of Schmidt. this season fame, Tate Schmidt, is going to return. Thor is going to return, and That's Xavier Valdez. That's a surprise pick. Yeah, I was surprised to see Thor staying. It's um, got to be because he's so cheap. Maybe. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, also Xavier Valdez stayed. So, yep, that's who's staying. Yeah. Any of those like make you really happy, Scroggins, or maybe you thought might be better for them to go for the Dynamo or even for themselves? That's a very leading, leading question, Sinski, because I know what you I think am a about leader. One of these. <clears throat> I'm really glad to see us pick up the option on Caicedo. Right. He is fantastic depth in midfield. 100%. That That to me is the one that stands out as like great. Just because I have an irrational like affection for him, Tate Schmidt coming back it makes me very happy because his same. his injury was such a tragedy and like really wind out of our sails. But bringing him back on that option, I think, is great. Also, it's just good to see Xavier Valdez as well because that's a young one developing out of our academy that we're not letting get away, and that that is we need more of that. Yeah, especially with when you look at the beginning of how this season kind of went with our academy players, like saying sayonara left and right. Manny, I'm going to push it to you. Are you surprised to see that Thor is staying? Sort of, but not really. Maybe because I wanted him to stay. So, like, when I saw him, I'm not, I'm not like, I wasn't like, woo, you know, like, I am glad he's staying, but I think I wanted him to stay. So, in my head, like, he was going to stay. You know what I mean? Like, I had put my head in, like, no, he's going to stay. Like, he's, he's yeah. going to stay. I think because, Yes, he didn't get used a lot by Ben this year, but he's still he's still pretty young. You know what I mean? And he's like you guys said, he's still very cheap because he's still on his first, you know, rookie contract and everything. So why not? Like, why not give him another chance? Give him a full year. Oh, I mean, I guess technically he had a full year with Ben now, but go ahead and give him a full preseason with Ben. And like, let's see, let's see what happens. You know, you let you know, we're, there's another play over here that we're we're going to talk about here in a second. You let him go, and he started as our striker a lot this this season. So you got to have, you need to keep some people that are going to be supposed to be hitting that ball up into that goal. You know what I mean? So why not Thor? Because we don't play him. I feel like we are crushing this guy's career by just sitting him on a bench. He's got so much personality. I think I think there's a good player in there, and I just. Nothing against Ben. I, Ben's system has been proven to be successful. I can't knock it. And clearly Thor doesn't fit it in his eyes. But I just think Thor needs to go somewhere else where he can play. And us, I don't know if he wants to stay. I don't know if we're like saying, sorry, we're, we're up in the contract regardless how you feel. But I just feel like we're letting him, letting him sit and rot on the bench. Scroggins, you disagree, I know. Go ahead. No, I don't disagree. I, I think... It is a little bit tragic for his career trajectory, but it just makes may, bleh, but it just makes way more sense for us to keep him. That no matter what system you run, there's always going to be a need on a soccer field for a classic nine that you can just kick the ball at, and he's going to shoot it, point it at the goal with his head, his feet. Somehow he's going to turn those passes in into shots, and and that's how Thor plays. Don't think it's going to crush him as a player. I think that man has too much confidence, and there's nothing that will knock That's him down. True. A peg. <laughs> it might be good for him to sit on the bench sometime. Yeah, maybe, but. but I'm excited to see if maybe like Ben can figure out how to work him into the system with this with the full off season with him. Like uh, I, 
I'm hopeful for this. So, yeah, I, I'm really happy with all the options we picked up. Okay. Manny, why don't you go ahead and tell us who's out? All right. We got some, well, maybe like one kind of big name in this one. So let's let's go. We got Teenage with a couple. We got Achara, Murana from D2, Daniel Rios from D2, Augusta from D2, Beto Avila from D2, Vera, and Ivan Franco. So uh, real quick, was... the, those players are from D2, but I'm pretty sure that each one of those had a senior roster spot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why they so got listed. They here, were D2 true. players, but they yeah. were on our senior roster. Continue. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I'm Franco was alone. So the, his loan is just ending and we're not going to renew it or try to go after him or anything like that. And yeah, that's the list. I think, you know, the biggest shock that for me, at least, is is teenage. The fact that we didn't try to buy that contract down or like let him go. And then we're saying we're going to buy it down. Like the other ones we were talking about, we're negotiating with that was, that's wild to me. Yeah. I'm a little shocked with that one. Yeah. It was kind of kept a little quiet. Jake, how do you feel about that? You know, literally last night we were texting about, about yeah. teenage and his contract situation. And I was making the case that even though this clearly won't happen, it's probably better to just let him walk from, from a stance of like roster build and salary cap. Because personally, and and there will be some listeners who may disagree, personally, I would rather start Michael at center back over Teenage because Teenage will do spectacular things. Teenage is always, always exciting when he's on the field. And I would say more than half of the time, that's good excitement, but probably just (laughs) under half. It is very negative excitement. It is just like, what did he do? Why did he put his cleat into that man's face? Why would he make that pass? It was a terrible pass. Personally, I like a boring center back. And Michael is boring and I love it. He's calm. He's not totally free of mistakes. He makes mistakes from time to time. But even those mistakes, I feel like with some rare exception, are the type of mistake that we can easily recover from or or we, we do okay with those mistakes. So in a situation where you have a player that makes literally a million dollars less than his his backup at this point, right? Teenage had a great start to the season, but Michael has not put a, I mean, he's been amazing this season. He's made that starting spot his own. So there was the situation, a potential situation where we bring teenage back and he's no longer a designated player, right? That would be great. But how much more are you comfortable paying your backup than your starter? Yeah. Because the guy's making a million dollars. Do you think he's going to be okay with taking a 50% salary cut? That Because 500000 that's where I start to think like, yeah, maybe it makes sense to keep him. So while I think this is the right move, I, it's tough. I think we all love Teenage. And it's it's surprising. I think everyone kind of expected him to stick around. Yeah, and he's just, he's a part of every fun video that the Dynamo put out. He's a, like, even when he was injured and he was coming back, like he would come out on that little scooter thing with yeah. his, and, you know, just smiling, being cheerful, loving it. And it's hard for me with this. You make a lot of great points, Jake. Let me say that in the soccer text, I was very much on my side, but you do make great points. And I told you've Kate doubled that, so. the times that you've changed your mind in this podcast. It's been great. I, I don't know <laughs> if I'm changing my mind. I'm just saying you make great points. But. <laughs> I would prefer my solution, which is a back three center back setup. I 
I think that would be incredible. And Ben would love that. I feel like it plays into his hands so much. And that allows Teenage to to make those those big, like risky passes because we've got two center backs ready to defend plus him. And it allows both fullbacks to get up the field because now we don't have to rotate over and like shift into defense. Both both fullbacks can get forward. We get more men forward, more chances on goal. But you know, Ben's got his own thing and it's been successful. But I, yeah, and I think so that that's money. a totally viable solution. I will say, I think that where does Escobar fit into that? Is he a left wing back where he's not really played to his strongest suit? And then that hurts our attack even more. How and many, then the other thing I would say is... How many players got injured in our back line this season? Escobar's going to get time. Okay, but then why are you re-signing your most expensive player with the and, assumption that someone's going to get hurt? Well, that's the problem, is that teenage is just way too expensive. We made such a big mistake when we, we decided to go for a, DB, a DP center back. Just a just a huge mistake. And I know that's not the guys that, that are here spending that money and stuff. But it is like, man, just looking back like, gosh, that hurts us. Because you can't you can't bring teenage back when when Mikhail played so well. Yeah. And you know This is a million dollars. A million dollars of cap yeah. space to go to fixing our attack problem. It's hard to say no to that. Yeah. When you've got a guy who's been good enough all year, you've got yeah. Artlow in the wings, you've got Spiachenko on the other side. He's not losing his spot. Yeah. You know, you've got if you Dan look at our Harris. best 11, right? Like our best 11 from the season. We just gained a million dollars without losing a player. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. Yeah. I do. I do want to say if teenage had not gotten injured, I don't know if we see Mikhail at all this season because he was playing really well and much more calmly. Yeah. Than he did last season. I think teenage got one yellow card this season. How many did he get last season? I mean, all of them. More than one. <laughs> a game. More than one. A game. Like 85. Like he was like averaging 1.2 a game or something. I don't know. He was wild. But so that is a little bit surprising to me. And then Achara kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth just because he never got to play. And then Murano was a guy from D2 that I really liked. And I know he was a senior roster, but I would have liked to see him. But what about Vera? I still think he yeah, would have been incredible in this system. We can system. move on with that. That's the take. Praise the Lord. Let what him go. Vera? Let him Who be. Goes? Do you remember? Do you remember how psyched we were when Varus like signed that new contract and we kept him? It was like one of the last Matt Jordan contracts. We we're like, thank God, we kept our best midfielder, and here we are, just a couple years removed, and we're like. Who who is this guy moving on? Yeah. Anyway, let him go. Like loan him out. Who cares? Are you gonna do paying six hundred thousand dollars to be worse than Caicedo? No, thanks. Yeah, he would not be worse yeah. in this system. He would. I don't care. Better. It doesn't he, matter. We have Caicedo, and he's perfect. We yeah, didn't like, cheat. Yeah, Caicedo can do like Super. 85, 90, Probably, I bet you Caicedo does ninety five percent of what Vera could do at a cheaper price. So between Vera and Teenage, we're freeing up over a mil and a half in yeah. cap space just between those two. And that's it, that, that's before we even start talking about DPS. You know, like it, it, like that is so good. Yeah, I I am kind of sad to see Beto Avila go, but I remember when I was looking things, looking up you know the the stats on these guys and stuff. I saw that Beto is older than Griffin Dorsey, and was kind of like, oh, I I is think he he's really? a year older. Somebody check that. Somebody check that. I I might I be feel like Dorsey is older than you think he is. Dorsey, 24. I. Dorsey's 24. 24. Yeah. How old's Beto? Beto Avila is 23 and Dorsey is 24. Okay. All right. But still. Because you're younger. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's still 23, uh, not getting any real play time. Wow. I hope better. I hope I wish him well in the future. I felt like his senior contract was very premature. Like he popped off for a couple games in D2 and he got a senior contract. And I was like, I just think that's that's a little quick. I think they were trying to push the MLS next pro. We we weren't great last season, so why not give him a shot? Yeah. You know. And he was in the USL this season, right? He was loaned out. I don't know how well Charleston, I think. Yes. But, you know, with the way that he played last season, it didn't really seem like it was going to work out when he played in the, in the, with the first team. It didn't seem like it was going to work out. But I would have liked to have seen Marana get a few shots with uh, the first team before saying sayonara to him. And uh, Ivan Franco, going to miss the hair, going to miss the, uh, the late goals, you know, but <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Yeah. See you later, man. Yeah. Good player, just not worth the buyout. Like nope. I think he would have been Tam or possibly a DP player if we had bought out that loan. Yeah, I think yeah. the the rumored purchase fee was like three million. So no. But even if it was free, the question is similar to that of Thor, which where we did keep Thor to be fair. But and if he's not really getting playing time now, yeah, why not use that spot even as a dice roll for someone who might be better? Yeah, I want I want to fill slots with players that. Ben wants to play. And that's one of the reasons why I want Thor to go is I don't think Ben wants to play Thor. Agreed. And he's only going to bring him on for last minute. minute well, and I mean, you have can. to say that Ben had Ben definitely had to have a hand in these, these picks, right? Yeah. So he's saying that he believes Thor, whether it be off the bench or on the main team can do something for his team next season. And yeah. that Ivan cannot, right? Like that's, yeah. that's clear. Yeah. All right. Next up, We've got two players that have not been nailed down testing the free agency, and they're kind of big deals. Corey Baird, Mild Butter, are the first guy to get a nickname on our podcast, <laughs> and Griffin Dorsey, Gryffindor, you know, the guy who electrified our attack and probably was the push we, we needed to get into playoffs. How do we feel about their potential farewells? Manny, is there one you'd rather stay more than the other? I think I know the answer to that, but. What do you think? Could we let one of them go? Do we need the, to bring them both? Is this, a real, is this a real question? Is there one that I want more than the other? I yeah, said I know the answer. This is soft right. toss, man. This is soft <laughs> toss. You're bumper <laughs> bowling right this, now. Knock this I out of the park. Hard on Manny this on pitch this is podcast. a 12 foot arc. Easy last <laughs> Gryffindor is definitely the one that needs to stay, right? Like Gryffindor is the one that I, I like. If Gryffindor doesn't sign and stay with us, like I will be sad. Like it'll be heartbreaking. Yeah, if Bear doesn't sign to stay with us, I will be okay. You know, I'll make it through the day. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll live through that. If I'm, if I'm Corey Baird, I'm signing whatever contract the Dynamo are giving me. I'm like, you want me still on the team, and I'm going to be making money playing soccer, and I'm not even good at that good at what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, <laughs> I will, I will sign the contract all day. Man, he's like, if I was Corey Baird, I would be so insecure. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I would believe in myself zero percent. I scored that on myself. I, LOL. No, I scored what eight? At least like eight goals this season or something like that. And and he had a you know a decent patch like towards the in the final final third of our our season right before like playoffs started. But other than that, like he he was still Corey this year, right? He was still mild butter this year. And so you again, you're gonna pay me to play a game that I I'm honestly not that good. I'm suited for this for this style of play, but I can't do the actual finishing that needs to be done. Like. Yeah, sign me up. 
Griffin Dorsey, maybe I understand why he's, you know, seeing what's out there a little bit, but hopefully I, Dynamo understand how integral he is to us and yeah. pay the man. I don't so. think that's even really how it works. He just hasn't that's signed probably. a contract yet and he qualifies for free agency. But other teams can talk to him. Other right? teams like, can, yeah. yeah. I, and you know I, they I have to be. He, since the league's cut, he's been the most electric player in the MLS. Whoa. I like Griffin Dorsey, and that was quite the statement. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. For the use of, the use of Dynamo, for the use of Dynamo, that might be true, but not for the MLS. Here, here's what I, I think. I would love to see Corey Baird sign a new contract with us at a lower price and be an off-the-bench guy. There's no way he's going to do it. I know, I know there's no way, but I would love to see it because imagine his, his legs, his work rate, coming on against tired defenders. It, that would be an absolute terror, you know, and, and we know he can put the ball in the net, unlike Aliyu. But that's I, fair. I also think that I think that the team is going to make a fair but firm offer to Griff and, you know, to a raise con- commiserate with his with his increase in value to the team. But also we have to keep in mind that I don't think they're afraid to let him walk if they don't think the price point is right, because we have Brad Smith on the left and Tate Schmidt on the left. We can just flip the the way we do things, move Escobar over to his natural right side, play exactly the same system, just flip the other other way. Which is what we were doing when same system, was, but worse. Right. It's worse. It's worse because Brad Smith, his corpse will be flying up and down that wing or, you know, Tate. Tater Tot looked really good in those first, you know, handful of games. It hurts me to say. It hurts me to say. I'm just being realistic here. Go ahead, Jake. Jake, you're about to burst. Get in. Uh, here's the yet theoretically, we could have had Brad Smith start this year, and Tater Tot is coming up. I believe a similar injury to what is the reason that we have a Brad Smith corpse to trot out to to attack because we don't trust him to defend because we don't trust his pace anymore. I think that the team is going to fight pretty hard for Dorsey. And I really, I think that Dorsey knows he deserves a raise. And I think that the Dynamo know that he deserves a raise. The issue is I think that Corey Baird is on a contract from when he basically got the contract because he was the rookie of the year one time. And then he did. And we were that much for a long time. Yeah. And then he did some this year. I think that we see Corey Baird, like you said, he's someone who's a contributor, but he's been the guy up top all season. And most of the season, we've had trouble scoring goals and creating dangerous chances. So we know that he's not the solution. And I think Corey Baird would be letting himself down at 27. His, this is his big chance coming off of what looks like a good season. Like, he should test free agency and he should go see if Colorado is going to pay him stupid money because they don't know what they're doing over there. So pay the I, man, take him. Yeah. I, I think, mean, I think we see Dorsey back. I, I'm confident. I'm not worried about that one. I'm not sure we see Baird back. It, and if this is where mild butter or Scorby Baird, whoever tends to show up on the day, like if this is the last time that he's on this team, right? If this is the end of the road, I want to give him credit for this season. Absolutely. Because, because he had a player option that he picked up on himself, right? He he picked up that I don't think it was a team option. He took the option to come back to this team after an abysmal year and mm-hmm. prove himself to the club and to the fan base that that's not the player he was. Yeah. And and I want to give him credit. While he didn't like light the league on fire, 
he he definitely he definitely proved himself to be the better soccer player than what we saw the season yeah. before. So mad props to you, Corey. If if you're listening to this, like we know yeah. you are. We are um, a pro Corey pod now. Yeah, we yeah, we we definitely Emmett won us you know, over. Emmett finally it. won us over. But I just want to say, like, hey, props to him. You know, way way to go, dude. You you bet on yourself, you you redeemed yourself in the eyes of the fan base and, and credit where credit is due. He was better this season. I wish he would have scored the goal in the seventh minute of that game. I think that changes the whole game. It's a tough <laughs> goal. I think he did a lot right on that goal. He one-times it. He puts it on target. The keeper has to make the save, and the keeper does. It, it's a tough It's a tough app. I think that that, that was just – I watched it back. That was just a tough goal. Ian, Ian producer Ian in the, uh, in the chat here is moaning and whinging about – and I can say whinging because he's half English – yeah, uh, about us not talking about Gaspar, like the Undertaker himself. And <laughs> I think the less we say, the better. He's not a left back. He's barely a soccer player. Gaspar, you mean Casper? He can't because he's never there. <laughs> the unfriendly ghost. And do do we talk about Sebas? Do do we have enough time to talk about him? Like I think I we think have we, to. We can't talk about this off season without talking about the albatross around our neck. All right, anchor more bird anchor. Why don't we end this four million dollar albatross? A conversation about a DP that we sent out on loan, which I don't know how many teams do that, but it's got to be just less than a handful. Like, what are we expecting to happen there? He's the contract is long. He has done a terrible job on loan. I think he's got an assist and no goal. Do, do y'all think he gets another shot in the squad? Do you think we try and sell him, buy him out? There's a lot of things we can try to do, and I don't think anything's going to work. And I'm going right. to start with Jake. Two weeks ago, I would have said he's going to be on this team next year. Uh, I wouldn't have been happy about it, but I would have said he's going to be on the team. The last time Glenn did an interview with Pat Onstad, Pat Onstad said in like kind of a throwaway fashion, like, yeah, hopefully that helps his confidence, whether he's here next year or somewhere else. And that's the first time I've heard him say, anything other than Sebus is going to get another shot. So for me, my hope is we find someone to buy him, even if we're like, hey, we'll we'll give you this guy for like 25 cents and whatever other change you can find in, in your sofa, right? Like we'll 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 take the loss on this because we have to clear out that space. I'm not going to get too into the weeds with how DPs work currently. And we are waiting to hear if the MLS owners decide to add another designated player next year or change how designated players affect how many U22 initiative players you can have. Um, the rule book is about five inches thick. It's it's a, it's a tomb. It's a tome. It's a it's a tomb and a tome. It's both. Um, <laughs> it's horrible, man. But the thing is, if we don't get rid of Sebus, our hands are so tied. Our hand, even with teenage gone and a free DP spot, our hands will be tied if we cannot get rid of Sebus as the rules stand now. So the hope is. We sell him for even if we sell him for nothing, because we can use one contract buyout and it would be much more convenient to buy out Chase Gaspar, who's on a lower salary compared to Sebus and who is also a spot on the roster that we we honestly we kind of need that. We need that for a player that's going to play Chase. I, I wish you well in life, bud. I do. We don't necessarily wish you on this team anymore. He did um, have a big dynamo moment. Let's not forget the time. <laughs> Magnitude he, does not necessarily mean quality, but he did have a big, a big yeah. moment. Well spoken, Jake. Well spoken. All right, Manny, real quick. What do you want to happen with seven? He's got to go, man. We, 
we we were as good as we were this season without him. We need someone who can hit the ball, but we also need someone who is willing to put in the effort and work rate that Ben needs and wants. Sebas obviously is not willing to do that, right? Obviously, Thor is probably more willing to do that, obviously, than, than Sebas, because Thor is staying, right? Like, even if he doesn't have all the things that, that Ben wants, he is staying. So he has some kind of work rate, rate that, that yeah. Ben wants to see. Sebas is gone. Like, it's as far as w- we should be concerned, like, he he's should be a non-factor on this team. He was a non-factor on this team this season, and we did as good as we did. We know we need to upgrade a striker, but I don't think Sebas is the answer. And like Jake was saying, basically at this point, whatever we can get for him to get him off the team, like let's do that because we need that spot. Gaining that whatever loss we we have in selling him, right? If we paid four million for him and we sell him for you know less than a million dollars. I don't even know if that that if they would do that, but let's say we do. You know, monetarily, it might not be a gain of anything, but on the team itself, like it'll be a huge gain. And actually, honestly, hopefully, we can do better the next than we did this season. Next season, because we got a striker, and monetarily, it would make up the difference, right? It's like whenever a team doesn't want to sell a player because of what that player brings to their team, and thinking like, oh, Mike, this this player will get me into the Champions League next year, right? In Europe, for example. It's like, yes, we could gain a lot of money by selling that player right now, but I'm going to gain more money by getting into these tournaments. Well, you gain more money by winning more games in the MLS, I assume. Jake, correct me if I'm wrong, but the further you go in playoffs, you win more money. And so hopefully selling a player even for a loss will make up the difference because we will be a better team. In MLS, the real money is to be made with team valuation increase and keeping this team on the the trajectory that it's on now just in terms of a brand is going to mean that his investment Ted's investment would would grow the team would stop being one of the least valuable in the league and the brand would actually matter again so yeah i think you got to get rid of him and bring someone in that can help that scroggins give him one more shot or let him let him go off in the wind sell him for whatever no we, he's done he's done he's burned the bridges at the team yeah. and i think i you know, I, there's a good player in there. We all saw it last year, but yep. this is just not the place for him. And in soccer is a funny game like that. You just sometimes players just don't fit in with the culture of a club and they go somewhere else and they pop off and have a great, great career or season or whatever. And I, I like teenage. I wish him the best. I really do. It just doesn't work here. He doesn't fit here. So see ya. Yeah. The problem with that, though, Scroggins, is he went somewhere else and he did not pop off. And that's what that's what makes me worried about his career is he had a chance to go and like set things right. So he can play so he can do the things that need to be done. Didn't get much minutes when he did play. He didn't play well. And that's just that's going to happen sometimes, I guess. With that, let's move on to my favorite part of the pod. The last fun wrap up of the season, because it is officially off season for your Houston Dynamo. You guys are going to pick a player and you're going to tell me how will they spend their offseason? What is their vacation plans and why? Manny, you came up with it. You get to go first. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that, Sinski. Uh, so guys, guys, turns out Griffin Dorsey, late bloomer, but an actual wizard. So Griffin Dor, he's, he- he's headed to Hogwarts this summer or this, this offseason. <laughs> That's where his vacation's taking him. He got in. I don't know if he's talked to you guys about this. He let me know that he, he got in. He got his his invitation. Headed, headed overseas. Going to find that nine and a half 
what is it? The train nine and a half. The platform nine, nine and three, and three quarters. quarters three, nine quarters. and three quarters. There you go. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm not a platform nine three quarters. Not, what a not dork. As not as not as up to my Harry Potter right. knowledge as you guys are. Sorry, nine and three quarters. And he's gonna walk through that wall, and he's gonna he's gonna take it from there. But yeah, so next season even more magic. That's my whole point. Next season even more magic because with this vacation he's gonna take, he's gonna learn a lot. So be ready for it. Be ready for it. And in a curveball we never saw coming, sorted into Hufflepuff. I was going to so say weird. that because he's loyal and he's hardworking. Is he yeah. loyal? We'll see if he signs the contract. Jake. <laughs> TBD, TBD. Which player are you picking and where are they going? Okay, I think that Eric Zviachenko is going to, he wants to spice up his life. He's he spent most of his life in Europe, Denmark. He's almost aggressively European. And so he's going to go to the least European place that he can, which is Galveston, Texas. My home beat. He's going to go to Galveston, Texas. He's going to go to he's going to go to Pleasure Pier. He's going to ride that roller coaster. He's going to say this is a decent roller coaster. Then he's going to hang out on the beach. He's going to say this is this is a beach. And, you know, he's going to be rested and rejuvenated for next season. He's going to go to the Kings. He's going to eat a ton of sugar. That's the I American experience. That's the love American it. experience. Eating too much sugar. I've had several handfuls of chocolate chips straight out of the bag today. He's going to go on that pier. He's going to have the time of his life. He's going to stop at Murdoch's. And he's going to come back and drop yet another stellar interview about how of all the beaches he's been to in Europe, none of Galveston them compare certainly... to what he now calls his home beach, Galveston Island. Let me tell you that right now. It's going to happen. Put it on your bingo card. Scroggins, who's going on vacation? Tell me about it. Yeah, I, I think Ache Ache is going to go on vacation to Mexico because he's from Baja, California, and his family's there, and I'm sure he wants a break. So, yeah. <laughs> I, it's just beautiful. So, what a family man. Interesting, interesting. Well, you know who needs a vacation? Sebis Ferreira. <laughs> but you know what he's going to do? He's going to have a staycation. He's going to stay in Houston, Texas. He's going to walk around, you know, look at all the stadiums. He's going to maybe catch some games of whatever other sports we've got going on, the other hundred sports in Houston. Because you want to know why? Because he's saying goodbye. This is his last time in Houston. He's never coming back. It's done for him. Vacation's over. And when we get back, we're going to have the striker of our dreams because of all the money that we are pooling together from all these sales and let goes. And I am here for it. Sebis, you gave us 13 wonderful goals, but you quit on us. And as much as I would have liked to see you turn it around and be the guy, it didn't happen. And that means this wonderful season, much like the presence under the tree, is all wrapped up. We have loved bringing you all the news, all the details, and game recaps this season. Like and subscribe so you won't miss when next season starts up. We love you all. Keep in touch with us on Twitter. Stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, Kyle McGuire, Emmett Rumfield and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Below. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com.
Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful.